When life bumps up against you, you have the choice to pucker up and put on a sour face or mix it up with ingredients like resilience, persistence, and grace into the delectable concoction only you can serve. We are Greer McVeigh and Whitney Wiley, speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs. We're also sisters, and since we were children, we've made a habit of turning challenges into the lessons and launch paths of our lives. Each week, we'll discuss the recipes that will turn your biggest challenges into the building blocks of the successful and fulfilling life of your dreams. On occasion, we'll include experts and thought leaders who'll join the party and you're always invited to. Join us as we share the sweet highs and sour lows and every drop of life in between. Along with our guests, we help you shake and stir your own lemons into lemon drops. Welcome to the Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops podcast. Hi, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. I'm Whitney Wiley. And I'm Greer McVeigh. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening. I don't even know what time it is. (laughs) Well, it depends on what time one is listening. You know, yesterday I I had a a rare day off and I had like all these lofty plans of, well, you know, like waiting for the weekend to get here so I can do all this stuff. I, I still am unpacking boxes and getting organized and cleaning up and all that. And then I like woke up, I didn't sleep very well. And I woke up and I'm like, I'm gonna watch a movie. And I know you had recommended uh, a movie for me. So I watched it. And then when I was done with that, I was like so motivated. I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch this other movie. Watched another one? (laughs) Yeah, this other one that you recommended. But the other one was like, a um, what do they call it? A mini series? What do they call it? Oh, a serial, yes. A serial with multiple and yeah. then so I binge, I've never binge watched anything. We'll get to what it is in a minute, but I've never binge watched. I'm a binge watcher. When I find something that I like, I will watch it. And then, and then I'll, I won't, I'll get to the end. I was like, now I don't have anything to look forward. And that's sort of what I did. I get to the end and I'm like, well, now what do I do with my time? I actually, I did. So then you go to the next one. I binge watched. Every now and then a little bit. Every now and then a little binge watching is good for you. Yeah, you know, I think just sometimes just shutting it off. I mean, literally, literally I was watching because one was nine hours and one was two hours. So I literally watched 11 hours. It was dark when I started in the morning and it was like bedtime when I was done and I felt so guilty that this morning I got up and and I went and got some coffee because I was too lazy to make any. And then I, um, it was not so much I was lazy, too lazy. I was going to say, wait a minute. It takes more effort to get up, dress out of It wasn't that I was too lazy to make coffee, especially since I have a Keurig and I just literally push a button. And that's what I was going to say. It literally (laughs) takes nothing for you to make coffee. But no, I, because I did not leave the house yesterday, I really, it was like, 
you know, Greer, at least get, get out. Get out. <laughs> well, at least yesterday it was sort of gloomy and over. It was gloomy and it, it rained a little bit, or at least drizzled a little bit. And, um, you know, so, but this morning I got up and I went in my garage and I managed to empty like five boxes. Oh, well, congratulations. So baby steps. <laughs> hey, you can come to my house and empty five boxes. Yeah, I'm trying to get, I have a friend whose husband likes um, uh, organizing. So in my last two homes, he came over and he um, like, he was like organizing in the, in the garage. Mm. And, I, and I, I was like, I felt so guilty. I was like, oh, here, let me help. And I'm out there. And he was like, you know, Greer, really, if you just go away. I like doing it. He like gets in a zone. Oh, and, he, okay. and I was like, oh, my God. So I invited them. <laughs> it was like, if you'd like to come, <laughs> I'll make you dinner. Uh, you know, bless their hearts. But uh, and she's probably like, no, he can go. He doesn't need me. But um, yeah, that's what I need. <laughs> that's what I need right now is just some some it's really funny that you mentioned that because loving person to come clean out my garage I was just thinking our uh 10th anniversary is coming uh soon and this year been, I mean in, in that, this month this month yes wow and in the 10 month years that, already in the month that this is recorded in first airs yes re, this month at okay. the end of the month. So yes, 10 months, 10 years already. And three of those years we've been in this house and we've talked about this before. All right. You are moving through and cleaning your garage and setting your house up. So the approach I took was to put everything in the garage and keep the house the way the house is. And as I needed things to go looking for it in the garage. Well, when we first moved in, I organized the garage in a way that I thought made sense. It is no longer like that because someone else had a different philosophy about it. But I say all this to say, and about your story about your friend and the organizer, is that I was actually contemplating having my husband's best friend, business partner, concoct a reason for them to go out of town on business and then have someone come in somebody to come <laughs> yes yeah. exactly it it's been on my mind and it's like so then when he came back it would be done and I was like this is my gift to you because that it, that is one of the things that we are we don't see eye to eye. keep you up at night well we don't we don't see eye to eye about how to go about doing it and so not getting done. <laughs> so maybe what I'll do is I'll just make a, an anonymous phone call and I'll hire them to, you know, for some business purposes. And then I'll be like, well, can you come to my, you know, LA office? And then they'll go to LA on a lark, <laughs> a wild goose chase. Yes, that was exactly, that was the, while they're gone. Meanwhile, like, the vision I'm not that it's is a, exactly the way he doesn't listen to this podcast. He doesn't <laughs> listen to the podcast. Jay will be up. <laughs> oh, well, that'll teach him. <laughs> I bet oh. he'll start. 
But so, so what did you watch? So you spent all this time down decompressing and just taking the day off. What did you watch? Well, I took the day off and I thought I was going to be decompressing. But by the time I fit, <laughs> finished watching these two programs, I was like so amped, filled with rage. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I don't know that I should have done it. But the first thing that I watched was The Tender Swindler, which is the movie about, or it's a documentary, I guess, about the guy who found uh, women via Tinder and then essentially, you know, took advantage of their, you know, a, a love for him. And, uh, and, and was a con, he was a con artist. I'm trying to say it nicely, but he was convicted. So I would say fine. allegedly, allegedly he's a con artist, right? Well, no, he's, he's he was convicted, convicted, so he is a con. He's a con artist. Yes, he's a con and a con artist. Yes. So he, yeah, so he he um, you know, and I and 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 I mean, effectively, what he did was he sort of figured out what different people, well, let's back up. He did a couple of things. One is, I guess he sort of figures out what's missing, what people need, and then he fills that need, right? Um, but his his MO um, was that he was a diamond, he worked in the diamond business. His family was in the diamond business. He's got all this money. He's jet set, lives a high- Claim this. Huh? He claimed this. He claimed that he was okay. A, uh, you know, uh, in this diamond family, he claimed other things at other times. So this particular, the women that that were the the people who were profiled for this particular uh, set of crimes, his persona was of a uh, the son of a like billionaire diamond broker diamond dealer and but he had had some other personas at other times in his life and he had been convicted previously of other things and then you know this happened so he puts his profile out there on tinder and you know and it's women you know in the, this particular documentary they they featured three women um you know, who don't know each other. They're in different places and he's flying around. So the, the, the idea, because some people do live like this, right? Some people's lifestyles do have them flying to places, going to fabulous parties, doing fabulous things, driving fabulous cars and having a fabulous life. So you meet some woman who's you know, swept off her feet. And she's like, oh my God, I'm in this world. And isn't this amazing? Who doesn't want to be whisked off to, you know, Paris for lunch and, you know, and, and have dozens of roses show up on their doorstep and all this stuff. And then at some point, you know, he told them sort of upfront, sort of prime in the pump. Oh, I'm a, uh, you know, this is a dangerous business and things happen and I've got enemies, but you know, I so care about you. And then it's like, he doesn't even really talk about that. You know, it's like you put it out there. So it's like in the back of their mind. Right. And then, and then sometime later, 
you know, after he's been a sufficient amount of time whining and dining and, you know, showing you this, this fabulous life and now you're all in love, then it's like, oh. Keeping up with the swindler, right? Exactly. <laughs> this, this fake lifestyle that you think, oh, oh, this is what I've been wanting, this, this lifestyle. And he sucked you in on an emotional level. Yes. Yes. And, you know, and the next, and even if you're not, you know, even if you're just really, a, I don't want to say basic in a bad way, but, you know, even if you're like, I live a simple life and I go to work and come home and do, I have my friends, I have my, you know, and I like, you know, we go on vacation and we go to the beach and you may like, you know, have a very nice lifestyle, but this is like other level, right? You're flying on private jets and you're being picked up by chauffeurs and you're eating fabulous foods and, you know, lobsters and caviars and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh my God, something went wrong. My, uh, you know, the bad guys are after me and the bank told me to not use any of my accounts so that they can't, because they, they're tracking me, whoever they are, this nebulous sort of <laughs> dark world. So then the woman who's now in love with you, is like, oh my gosh. What can yes. I do, right? What can I do? Which is, our, which is one of our, the gifts and burdens of being a woman is this Nurturing. feeling, the need to, and this desire to, nurture and take rescue. care of and protect and rescue right and then it can be used against us so yes. yeah so that was the tender swimmer we can get back to some of the some of the lessons some of the bigger themes in there but after i watched the tender swindler try to say that three times fast <laughs> uh, i've got to slow down and say the tender swindler um then i watched uh, inventing Anna, which I think like five different people have told me that they were watching that or to watch that. Yes. So I'm like, oh, okay, let me, let me check that out. Well, uh, Anna, Anna, what was Anna Sorokin. Sorokin. Anna Sorokin. Or, or Anna her, Delvey. Delvey was her, was her, um, her At made least up. one of her aliases. Her aliases. So, and that was about a woman who's claimed that she was an heiress, a, a, a Russian or a German heiress, I guess, and had all this money, came from wealth, and she shows up in New York and she wants to take on the world, but basically she's living off of other people. Well, you know, when you're an heiress and your father won't you know, he thinks you're a, a screw up. And so he's decided that he's not going yeah, to. He's cutting you off. And you're like fronting your money. So let me ask this question before you go on. If you're an heiress, and I've got my air quotes up, and your father cuts you off. What do kind you of accent was that? And your father, <laughs> your father. Your father cuts you off. Are you still an heiress if he cuts you off? No, because you're not an heir. <laughs> okay I just, the, the definition of an heir is somebody who's going to inherit something and there you go cut you off <laughs> i guess you figure he's he's just mad at you right first of all let's back up apparently the, you know obviously they're trust fund babies and 
people that come from money and, you know, they get to spend daddy's money or mommy's money or whatever. And, and, and that's all fine and good. And, you know, so the parents of these people have to make some decisions, right? Are you going to reward bad behavior? Do you expect your children to earn a living and do what they're supposed to? Are you just going to take care of them because you got the money? And then you got these ne'er-do-well children who don't do anything and, and live lives of spoiled brats. And obviously there are parents on all ends of the, all sides of that spectrum, right? Right, are, because parents without money are faced with that same dilemma. You know, how, how much, you know, without excessive amounts of money, I should say, that, that are yeah, still really faced with nothing. those same questions of how much do I take care of my kids when they're grown, yeah. right? How, and how much is too much? And, and how much there is There are parents much. who don't have any money who still give to their children to their own detriment, right? Yes. They're, they're eating cat food, but their kids are, so there's that. But on these, on the wealth spectrum, you've got parents supposedly like the Bill Gates of the world. Bill Gates is like, I'm not giving my kids anything. I'm not leaving my money to them. I'm giving it to charity. I'm giving it away while I'm still alive. And the kids have all the advantages, right? They're still getting the best education and they get to live a certain life and meet certain people and they're exposed to things. So they theoretically shouldn't even need your money, right? Um, and then you've got the whole other end where you've got just ne'er-do-wells, like I said, that just inherit the money and they get to go into business with the family and then they're, they just sort of squander any and all opportunities and all that. So, so none of it, if you are of that set, right? If you're the horsey set, if you are one of the people who has trust funds and has this kind of wealth, it is not, you understand that yeah, kids get cut off. Some kids get more, they get less, they have trust funds. So Anna's story, I think initially was that she was going to get this money when she turned 25. I think that was part of her thing. And she was like 24. So the money, so there's that carrot, right? Right. And people in both movies, Tinder Swindler and Inventing Anna, gravitate that people want to be around you and and uh, there are a lot of people who are opportunists or gold diggers or whatever you want to call them and they're going to befriend you because of what you can do for them and how much you give or you know unfortunately which is sort of i think at the 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 nucleus of both of these is at what if you pull me back up. So in the Anna, in the inventing Anna, she's living off of other people. She's staying in hotels. She called herself. She was trying to buy a building in New York. So and, she could and start, start this social business. club. Yeah. This social she's club. Trying yeah. to start this business and get this money. But in the meantime, you know, the money was always, you know, it's, it, it'll be here any day or my dad will send me money or I'm getting wired money and all this stuff. And while she's waiting for her ship to come in, people are doing stuff for her. They're letting her live. They're picking up the tab. They're paying with the promise that she's going to pay them back or, you know, that their payday is going to come later. And it never comes. Eventually, 
she gets arrested for fraud and theft and all this stuff. And there's a trial and all that. So it's in the news. So I don't feel like this is a, uh, uh, what do you call it when you're- Spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> they've been, like, yes, they've been out there long enough. It's, it's been out there long enough. But, you know, you, you're, you know, the story really follows the reporter who reported and how she dug up the information that she dug up and walked us through it again in nine one-hour episodes. <laughs> So, you know, most people would not sit and watch them all. But it was- I think I did. <laughs> did you? And if it, may, I, it may not have been all of them, but I, a significant portion of them and then finished the rest another time. But I want to say this, you know, as you're explaining this and as you watch the stories, as I watch the stories, as the stories unfold, we are, and I don't know if it's, it, if it's, solely because we're on the outside looking in or we had some knowledge that the stories were going to end up where they ended up. But it's really easy to sort of see these things in hindsight or from the outside. Whereas when you are maybe in the midst of it, unless you're someone who truly is a skeptic and leery of everyone's motives, their, their behaviors and motors, motives, it is easy to get caught up in this. And so I'm going to share a story without a lot of details. It doesn't matter who it was, but in my life, in my pursuit of love, I guess I would say, that I got caught up in someone else's Yes. Uh, dream. Scheme. Schemes. Yes. Okay. Caught up in someone else's schemes and started down a path of where it was, you know, as I was watching this person doing what they were doing and I was, I was on the outside sort of being a little judgmental about what they were doing, rightfully so, because what they were doing was not right. But there was then this pressure put upon me making that made me feel like I was some sort of a prude and that I was judgmental. And it was like just these little barbs that were lobbed my way. Um, and then justifications for doing the thing that was being done. And then I found myself, and, and I take ownership of this, but I found myself in a place where I started to, to hear the justification and then started convincing myself of the justification for the behaviors. I did some things that I am not happy about, proud of, but I did them. Um, and then there came a point in time, I was like, this is not who I am. This is, and this is not the, this is not the kind of life I want to live. And I'm not interested in the consequences that come along with this, right? And so it is, I, I'm just saying that to say that when you're actually in it and you're trying to believe in the goodness of people and that someone's not taking advantage of you and in the beginning 
they move you to a place where you feel wanted and loved and needed, then the, re, the, the response to that when someone is in need is to want to be there for them. And if you're not, and I, and I similarly have been in that situation, not once, not twice, probably, <laughs> probably three or four times. I'm not going to get into the details either. But we're like you, and, and I likened it to being groomed, right? You're, because I, because I believe, and, and maybe they're innocent. Yeah, well, they're not innocent, but maybe they didn't even realize what they were doing. But that, um, yes, in the beginning and everything is great and, 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 and all tickety-boo. And it's like, oh, we're just, and we're in love and we're this and we're that and we're whining and dining or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I need. I need you to do this for me. I need you to do this for me. Yeah. And the, and the thing is that, and, and it's sort of like, if you don't, then the implication is that you were there for the good, but you're not there for the bad, right? right? You're like, you're like, you don't love me. You're just here for, to, to get with yeah, you. Every day is not Christmas. So you're here for Christmas and you're not going to be here the other 365, exactly. 64 days. And it's but, like, and that you know, is exactly the con, right? Which is to make you feel guilty about, you know, saying, I, okay, but or having one, a boundary. It's but, like I got my boundary. You don't have your boundary. That's your business. And if you want to, if you want to share your ill-gotten <laughs> that's on you. I'm not trying to help you get ill-gotten gains. And I'm happy to be with you without whatever it is yes but if it runs short then we just have to live without it because you're not going to wrap me and rope me into it and one of the things in the in the trial in the anna in the anna movie one of the things about the trial or, or one of the sort of the, the in the opening arguments he made the, makes the case we all do these things they're on different levels, right? Yes. Because a yeah. big part of a big, well, a big part of what Anna did was portrayed herself as something she was not, right? And then the, so the question sort of is at what point it, do you fake it till you make it? That the concept of fake it till you make it. At what point does that become illegal or a scam versus I'm just trying to show you my best side or I'm, as being aspirational. I am aspirational, right? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an aspiring businesswoman and I'm waiting for this money to come in. But, but I think the when you are saying that it's coming from a particular source, that's not faking it till you make it. That's lying. That's the fraud part, right? Yeah. If she had just said, I am- I'm waiting for the loan to come. I'm, right, which was more of the case. There's one other story, um, the dropout. If you haven't seen that yet, okay. it's the story of Elizabeth Holmes, the um, Theranos. She started Theranos. I, I had before seeing the dropout. I'd seen other doc. I'd seen documentaries about her, and her thing. I don't. I, and I could be wrong. I don't think she started out as 
as a fraud or as someone yeah. who was out to scam people. She had an idea. She spent millions of dollars trying to make that idea come then to fruition. She, wasn't, she was like fabricating. Uh, uh, but then that's, where the, and, that's yeah. where the problem came in. In order to get more money to keep the research going, she had to fake, or she felt like she had to fake test results in order to keep the money flow, the investors' money flowing in. And at some point, the investors are like, no. And we're not giving you any more money. And they found out what was going on. So, you know, it's really easy, I think, on a number of levels, whether it's about love, whether it's about, you know, making money, investments and and growing, you know, million dollar, billion dollar corporations or whatever, where we all have a moment where we have to make a decision about whether we're going to move forward in a particular way or not. And when it is someone else's vision or dream and they've pulled us into it, you know, being clear enough on your values, I think it, it is the place where you have to say, regardless of how someone tries to make you feel about having boundaries. And I think your point about boundaries is a good one. You may not have boundaries and you want to do and do this however you want to do it, any means necessary. I'm not trying to go there, but you've got to, I think when that moment comes, when someone says, I'm going to need you to Fill in the blank. But then the question you need to stop and really think about that. But you got to then go back to the other part of that. The other flip side of that coin is why would you be in a relationship with someone who would do that, whatever that is? And if you didn't know before they asked, once they asked, so let's just put, take a, a, an example. And, uh, and this before, has nothing. Before you okay. go into the example, it is, you know, which is how it starts, right? If I can get you to a place where you're in love, love is blind and you're not well, seeing have to clearly. Be and stupid. And, 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 and all of that. And you're not seeing clearly, thinking clearly. Because you're wrapped up in the emotion of that rather than, okay, yes, I love you or I love the idea of you or I love what I thought was you. And now that you're asking this. Now that you're revealing yourself. You're not the person that I thought I loved. Therefore, but it's easier to say that in hindsight than in the moment. And, and I'm just, you know, you're always wanting to remind me that everything's not rainbows and unicorns. Here's that moment where it, in the heat of the moment or in the, in, that, in the midst of the passion of that, we're not necessarily thinking clearly. And I'm yeah, not going no, to pretend you. like, I'm not going to pretend like I have had it all figured out my entire life and therefore... I would never get sucked in or never do that because it's not true. I have, I've been sucked in, you know, other times, maybe not 
in a con, not where someone was trying to con something from someone else or out of me, but still been in relationships much longer than I should have been because of the idea of who I thought someone was. No, 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 that's fair enough. And, and, and I agree with you. And again, just, you know, as a, to illustrate, and this is not what you're talking about or what I'm talking about in terms of, of our personal, you know, situations, but imagine that you are dating somebody you've been dating them. Maybe it's been a few months you are in love and, and, you know, and everything's been great and you've, they've done great things for you, with you, whatever. And then one day that person, male or female, right? Doesn't really matter. One day that person says, you know what? Um, you know, my, my, my business partner, right? Somebody you just thought was a random, you know, business partner or whatever um, is not available. Can you take this package to this location? And they don't tell you what's, what's in the package. They don't, don't you worry about it. Just can I you follow take the directions that I hear at the airport. <laughs> yeah, pack your <laughs> own bag. Don't carry anybody else's bags. But that's the, or, or man, let's say you, you're getting on a flight. You're going on vacation to Mexico and somebody says, hey, can you take this and um, to, you know, my friend Joe or Jose down in Mexico. 28-year-old Whitney would have said yes. 58-year-old Whitney does not take that package. It's like it's a small package. It's not even the size of your not e without, without not without and can you just inside. take why not I, as much as i've done for you uh, you know what you know they, we've been going ship it to, ups no they need to get it tomorrow I, I won't be in mexico tomorrow but you're going tomorrow your flight is in the morning i'll drop it off for you tonight you can take it and they'll meet How you convenient at the is this package needs to go exactly where i'm going no <laughs> And, and that's sort of the, the point, right? So anyway. But like I said, 58-year-old Whitney is not buying that. And somebody is sort of strong-arming and it's like, oh, okay, well, I see what I meant to you. And, you know, and then, and then they show you another side. That's another side of them that you hadn't seen. That first time they show you that side of them, maybe 58-year-old Whitney is like, you know what? Bye, deuces. Peace out, Buster. It's like, you know, and, I, and it, hopefully that's what you would do, right? And in our certainly in your rational mind, brain. in our right yes. mind, yes, yes, that is what we would do in yes. our emotional yes. heart. And all we, you know, we feel bad and, and I don't want to accuse, and maybe I'm miss, maybe I've misunderstood that. Maybe I, you know. I guess I'm, I'm, maybe I'm being harsh and what if I, what if I miss, um, which was, I think, part of the, um, part of what was going on in the Anna story, you know, it's like, well, what if I'm misinterpreting her, you know, not paying the bill? Behavior mode, and it's, and that money is just tomorrow, right? And the and money I, is just yes, tomorrow. Yes. 
So I'm like, you know what? She's a scammer. She's a con artist and she's not going to pay this bill. I'm now what is interesting though, was if you, in the, in the movie, you see there were a number of people who never came back. Like when she spent the extra week on the yacht, the woman is like, okay, you burn me once. I'm done with you. Like right. you're right. She washed her hands of her. And it was like, that's the end of that. But other, other people stayed around and around and around and around. Maybe they wanted something. I think the, uh, the guy, the yeah, boyfriend, the employee at the hotel actually got her money back. Well, at least got in the her, movie. she's the only at least one in got the movie. Yes. Yes. She got Whether her money that, back. Yes. And so then she stayed loyal. She was like, I'm ride or die. That's just and how she I got am. her money back. She got because she got her money back. She didn't get burned. So then she couldn't understand why everybody else, you know, turned turned on her. Right. So then that's part of what you do is you get other people sucked in to whatever your con is and your grift is. And especially if you surround yourself with grifters and as most, you know, rich people, not that I know tons of them. I know a few, but you know, you listen to, yeah, I watch reality TV enough, you know, every, they all have hangers on, hanger honors, hangers right. on, right. Right. They all have an entourage. They've got, uh, uh, the guys that get the, the leftover, the groupies, the, the second leftovers or whatever. Sloppy, sloppy seconds. seconds. <laughs> yes. You know, those, that, level of person that level down but if you are kelly how is r kelly able to do what he did as long as he did it he had people serving up whatever his desire was happened to be young girls apparently but he'd have his guys go out into the crowd at the concert and pluck girls out and say hey you and you come backstage right so you so there are these people who are there to feed the beast. And then there are those who are just sort of the victims. And in both of the movies, it was like you, at a certain point, you couldn't tell who, you didn't know what was real and what was fake, right? right. It, was hard, right. it was hard to know who, so in the, um, in the Tender Swindler, there was the, the, the woman, the mother of his child, and so the woman, the, the victim lady, she's like, well, I met the woman who was the mother of his child and the child. Were they actors or was this woman in denial? Was she being paid? Was she just a liar? Did she inadvertently go along with it, but not realize that she was a dupe in this, in this scheme? You know, and it's, so so let's now talk about us and sort of our world and our our audience part of the 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 purpose of this discussion besides the fact that the movies were interesting and you know laid out or you know to illustrate some some themes one of the themes was about women especially with the the chasing anna or uh, inventing anna movie it's like that that notion of she, in order to, to play with the big boys, you got to sort of do what they do. And, and part of what they do is fake it till they make it. And it's, a, it's an old boys club, right? right? So they know you don't have anything because you're a young upstart. 
but you're in the right circles, you're in the right world, you do whatever, they give you loans. She was like, nobody will take me seriously. I'm a 23-year-old, 24-year-old girl, and nobody's taking me seriously in New York high society and high finance. So she's doing what she's got to do, which is what they do, but because she's a, a woman. Right. Which right? is why they also allowed her to do it, because they know who they are, right? And they wanted what they wanted, and, right? And, and they know how, you know, and, and it doesn't seem all that mysterious, I'm sure. But so part of it is, part of it is, um, you know, knowing where your boundaries are, knowing, you know, where do, where, where, what is your ethical line? And when do you stop short of breaching that line? Part of, I think, what, what, um, what was illustrated is the idea of sort of curating your own image. We all now, we not all, everybody doesn't, but most of us now have understand the concept of branding. I think it's always been there, but we didn't really, we weren't really conscious about how we, we didn't present call ourselves. It that. We, we didn't, didn't call, call it, it that. just your reputation, right? And <laughs> yes. And, and you manage your reputation. And, and but being now careful. we're more deliberate. Deliber we have the tools to put out the, the image that we want, right? And to, to pull it back or to, whether it's through pictures on our social media or the, where we travel or how we carry ourselves or what we purchase and the status and the, the, the symbols and things that we have that reflect or represent who we want the world to see. And, you know, and again, in, in his opening statements, he talked about, you know, we all do it. We just do it on a different, you know, different level, maybe, or to different, different, different degrees, you know, but is every single thing on your resume exactly as it was, you know, do you put on your resume? Yeah, I filed folders and I stapled, you know, things you know you're not putting all that mundane stuff you put the big sort of big accomplishments and and if you're if you you know you're in sales and you were um in the top 20 of your company and your company only had 30 employees do you say well I was in the bottom third or do you say I was I was in the top 20 or I was a top producer you know you're gonna word it the way that Right. Makes you look good. Well, technically, that's a little dishonest. But we do it. Not me, but y'all do of it. Of course not. Not you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the point. And, and it starts out small, right? It starts with the small things, the way you choose to phrase something, the way you choose to characterize something. It starts small. No one starts off with the, you know, at the end result, the... right? No one starts at the end result. And so it, it could take time. It does take time. Um, and then I think you have to, you made this point, you have to check your own values and morals. And what are you in this for? Why and and yes, there is as it relates to I guess love and business. Yes, I could do it small, but I'm going to put as much 
energy into building a relationship with someone who's poor as rich. So why not rich, right? If I'm going to build a business, it's going to take energy to build a, a business that's going to fail as one that's going to succeed wildly. So, you know, why not surround myself with people and be involved with people and bring people into sort of where it is I'm trying to go? Yeah. And no one takes, well, I don't want to say no one, because I do know people who do, but most people don't take vacations in squalor. <laughs> you know, you take vacation in you don't beautiful places you want to you know something nicer maybe even than where you come from because you'd like to have just a a week or a couple of weeks in a nice place maybe you spend do some day trips going to you know where the locals live that is not you know the resort but most people are sort of you know like i'm gonna go to the beach or i'm going to the mountains and and you rent a nice home or a nice hotel or stay at a nice resort. So being aspirational and wanting to be around um, nice things doesn't make you anything other than someone who wants to be around nice things. Um, but in addition to all of that is know when you're being taken advantage of right? And doing your due diligence. Yeah. And in, in both movies, uh, you know, I'm going to tell this real quick story. A few months ago, I met this, <laughs> I met this guy who, uh, I, I, I met this guy just by chance. I was uh, out with a girlfriend. I met this guy. He seemed like a nice enough guy, not anybody I was interested in dating or anything like that. But we struck up a conversation and then the next, and, and I took a picture, I took a selfie of he and I, and I was like, oh, let me, I'm going to send this to you. So I gave him, so he gave me his phone number so I could send him the selfie. Well, then of course he had my phone number. Note to self, use work phone in the future. But anyway, so, I, so, I, so, I, so he had my phone number. So the next day he was like, oh, you know, would you, you know, do you want to meet for, uh, uh, well, he asked if I wanted to meet for, he said he was at a coffee shop and asked if I wanted to have some champagne. And uh, which, you know, the whole thing, each step of the way was like, like, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. And then even, so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll meet you. And then it, so this series of things happened over the course of the next few hours. And by the end of the day, I was, I deduced that he was homeless. That was that was my that was uh, that, that was my deduction, and you know, and I had like he given me his name, and I googled, and I before I met him, and I googled him, and and it's like whatever company he said he worked for, his it came up, you know, it was like his name, and it was that, and I was like, oh okay, I didn't do it wasn't a deep dive, but I was like, oh well, okay, whatever. The next day, after the, the following day, when I had some time to really sit down on my computer, I did a deeper dive. And one thing that I came up with, and I hope people listen to, listen to me, everything that came up with his name on it was something he had entered into. So 
when I typed in, let's say I so you pulled in, them up on Wikipedia. No, but no, but I no, but his his LinkedIn came up. Oh, okay, okay, all right. His I Facebook hear what you came up. You so there anything. wasn't anything where there were stories about him or exactly. So, for instance, if if I said, you know, so if you googled me, like if you googled me, there are things out there that other people have yes. written about. That, correct. Okay. Correct. Right. So if I so if I uh, Google, you know, Greer McVeigh, and I and 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 if I tell somebody, you know what, I am the the senior vice president of, I don't know, Kodak. But I and I go in and I put on my LinkedIn account Kodak, the Greer McVeigh and Kodak will come up. That's not the same thing as going to Kodak and seeing Greer McVeigh. That's not McVay's the same thing as going there. to Kodak and pulling up their officers or you know about us and seeing Greer McVeigh. Nor is it the same as seeing an article, you know, Greer Mc, you know, Kodak did blah 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 blah, and here's and Greer McVeigh said right, but. In at first glance, I'm just sort of looking for the name for an association. So I saw these uh, two or three associations, and I didn't dig deeper to see what the source of those associations was. Here, which so when saying. I had more time, and I went back, and I was like, "Oh, he put that there." <laughs> you know what? <laughs> he, he he's the one that said that he was the vice president of this company and the CFO of this other company or whatever. And yes, I'm seeing those things, but I'm saying that on his stuff, I'm not, I didn't see any news, you know, and I looked into new, I looked under news. I didn't see it. I did look in the couple of companies that he told me that he was like the CEO or the CFO or the whatever. I go to their website and I pull up their annual reports from multiple years back, right? So it wasn't just, oh, let me look at the website and see if his name is there. It's like, no, let me look at your, your financial filings, right? Because it'll have your officers in there. Right, right. Right? And so when you do a little And that's bit something of that just for the record, for that someone probably doesn't stop to think about to, to, to finesse, right? Even if somehow you ended up doing a search and it was Kodak, you ended up on Kodak.net instead of kodak.com, <laughs> right? Exactly. exactly. You would have like on a page that you could say, oh, then this person is all involved in this company, but they don't think to fabricate because you can't fabricate those financial filings. So okay, it would take such a scam. Right. Right. And it's like, and if you're that good that you're, you know, which frankly is not that hard to do because you could take anybody's, you know, I could go and take Kodak, and then, I'm sorry to Kodak, but I could go and take Kodak's financial They're pretty filing. much out of business at this point, right? Well, so yes, <laughs> I probably a blockbuster, right? I probably wouldn't want to do that. Or, uh, you know, who sells the beepers? The, not Motorola or something, I don't know. Motorola's on a comeback. They, Motorola's they, doing well. Not in not beepers, beeper division. Not in the beeper business, not in cell phones, but in other areas. They they are, if you look at any NFL game, they've got the contract for all the... Well, I watched them. something recently on Motorola. That's why okay. I know. But go on. But I could probably, uh, not probably, I could take an old 
uh, an annual, an actual annual report and go in there with my Adobe Pro and put my name in there and save it as whatever, and then go and buy Kodak dot. Okay, so I'm going to say this before we begin to wrap this up. Um, <laughs> if you've got the ingenuity to do all that, put exactly. it in, use it for good. <laughs> exactly. Time and energy for all of that. Use it for good. Which is always the case. Isn't that what they said? Like Nino Brown. It's like, if dude, if you can run this empire in this inner city drug kingpin world, why can't you do you know, but in some instances, maybe you can't go to a bank and you can't get a loan. You can't do it legitimately. So you got to do it however you can. So I'm just saying that, you know, there are hustlers out there. There are people, there's a full born every minute. There are people that are out there to, you know, to part, to part you from your money and by doing, you know, your research, by not being so pie in the sky or so, uh, I don't even want to say pie in the sky, greedy. Right. By not being so, you know, oh, wow, I get to go and, you know, uh, fly on private jets and, you know, and it's like, why on earth? And I'm saying that, you know, a, a, a billionaire can't fall in love with a, you know, girl from Berkeley, California. I'm not at all saying that because it can happen um, and it happens all the time. But you got, but at some point, don't let your ego be so in the way that you don't ask the question. And if your boyfriend is the is the billionaire son of a billionaire, uh, you know, diamond broker, then why would your billionaire boyfriend not call his daddy? Why is he calling you? You to take out a payday loan to twenty thousand dollars. Take out a payday loan. So, so that he can eat caviar and fly around the world. It's like, well, then so, maybe you need to go sit your ass at home until, you know, until you get your finances in order. Don't call me. So the first time you call me asking me about my credit card is the last time you last? call me asking me <laughs> about my credit card. And if I got to put it on credit, right, it's like, if I got the, if I don't, if I, at least one of the women in the movie was able to sort of write a check, I think. And even the, the, the and then uh, I, I said, yeah, I think the first yeah. time, but then she started. Yeah. If you're, and the, you're and like the, pulling and, your life savings and. Yeah. And, and the, and the, movie, the, the black girl, the filmmaker had her little pot of money that she yeah. was saving and she was able to essentially, um, you know, write a, write a check, but she did get her money back. She got her money back. So I, you know, I she was want... the only, she was the only sister girl in the movie and she's the only one who got her money back. She, she, got her, she did get her money back, but she stayed, she stayed loyal. And she so loyal. somehow that was rewarded. But I, I want to say this and in, in sort of my closing is that you, you've got to be clear about what it is that you want right, in your relationships with people, uh, and be clear about who you are, your values, your moral compass, your moral code, and your boundaries, and, and you not- you don't have a moral code, get then one. don't expect other people to have a moral code. <laughs> no, they're certainly- you know, Scoundrels hang out with other scoundrels, so if you're gonna do that, then you just gotta, you know- Certainly there's- Doggy that. dog. 
and then pay attention to the signs, right? The, the signs are there. You can't be so wrapped up in the two things, your emotions or what you think are your emotions or feelings for someone. And then when they start to lay a guilt trip on you, all right, that really has to be, I think, um, the one of the biggest telltale signs when someone starts challenging, if you love me, if, if you love me, you do this, right? If you weren't just here for the good times, you would do this. He, pay attention to that. I'm not saying what to do with it. I'm just saying you need to really pay attention to that um, and, and do your due diligence. And, you know, the, the story you talked about with the, the, the homeless dude, right? Do your due diligence. We have the technology and the capability to do some deeper dives. Take the time to actually do some deeper dives and hire somebody if, if this is something that you hire think you me. really want. You can hire me because I tell you all kinds of people had written all kinds of stuff on Facebook talking about his um, homeless, his behavior. It's like, oh, he'll come stay at your house for a night. And the next thing you know, four months later, you won't be able to get rid of him. It was like, oh, I think he is homeless. So, right. Yeah. yeah. I'll help you. Just remember. <laughs> Just remember all that glitters is not gold. So with that, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode. If you have not already done so, we invite you to leave a rating and review. If you've got a topic that you'd like for us to cover in a future episode, drop us a voice message at anchor.fm slash life lemons lemon drops. And Thank you for being here and being a part of our listening audience. Have a great rest of your day. Take care. Thanks for joining us for Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. If you like our show, please share with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. Your questions, comments, and feedback are welcome. You can find out more about us at lifelemonslemondrops.com. 